Hello, I'm Lisa Smazarski, Editor-in-Chief of Stylist, and welcome to Stylist Live Sessions, our series of inspiring talks and thought-provoking conversations recorded live at our annual Festival of Inspiration. In this episode, you're going to hear from the most joyful woman on television, AJ Adudu, in conversation with stylist Susan Riley. In her session, AJ shares her tips on finding the joy in everyday life, as well as building self-confidence and living life brightly. As this session is recorded live at the Truman Brewery, you might hear a bit of background noise. But here's what the brilliant AJ Adudu had to say. Good afternoon, everybody. I am stylist Susan Riley, and I am very happy to see you all enjoying our third and final day of Stylist Live. I am thrilled to be chatting to our next guest, a fellow northerner like myself. Um, whether she, yes, yes. Um, whether she's comforting someone whose hair sculpture has collapsed on Channel 4's The Big Blowout, or being unhumanly perky on The Big Breakfast alongside Mo Gilligan, AJ Adudu puts her whole brightest self into everything that she does. It's not only on screen that the former Strictly contestant AJ shines, her home, a house she's renovating as I quote, a complete novice, is also a feast of color, which she shares with thousands of us on Instagram. No doubt it is this passion that has led her to be the host of a new interior show, Design Your Dream, on Channel 4, coming soon. In effect, she's like a human shot of serotonin. Imagine being described like that at a time we've never needed it more. So please join me in welcoming to stage AJ Adudu. Gosh, thank you. Oh my God, thank you so much. I literally just rocked up. Cheers, by the way. Cheers. Happy Sunday. Um, I rocked up and was like, oh my word, a lot of people are actually here to listen to me. As in, wow. You're a vision in yellow thank and you. you're matching our furniture. I really am. I'm just like camouflage. Where am I? You can't see. <laughs> so, um, Apparently, everyone that meets you says that you're one of the most vibrant, happy people that they've ever met. Do you think that's an accurate reflection? Yeah, like most of the time, although like anyone, you know, I am human. Um, I'll have times where I'm the opposite of that, where I'm like seething, really angry. Someone's got under my skin or I'm really sad. And actually, like, I think what keeps me vibrant and what keeps me personally happy and upbeat is acknowledging all of the emotions that I go through and embracing them all and then letting them pass through me so that I can return to being happy again. Yeah. Is it, um, is it pressurising, though, knowing that people expect you to just bring it, bring the joy? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like having a sunny disposition. And I think, actually, um, you know... Uh, one, one of the reasons is because I have dealt with so much trauma, so much sadness, like, so, you know, so many of us. And so when you return to feeling good, I love it. Like, feeling good is, like, the easiest feeling to have, actually, out of all of the emotions. And so, um, yeah, that's not, that's not a pressure for me. I guess what is um, somewhat disappointing, I guess, is that um, maybe others 
um, don't allow you or make you feel like you're not allowed to feel um, sad or frustrated sometimes when, when you're human and you're allowed an off day as well. Okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. Mm. But you've not got an off day today. Oh, today I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to know, like, the, the positivity, has it always been there in childhood and adolescence, or is that something that's grown as you have kind of grown and evolved as a person? Yeah, I think it's definitely grown. I'm 34 now, and I just feel like my 30s have just been <laughs> fabulous. I just really feel like I finally um, know how to be in different spaces and feel confident as myself in different spaces. Whereas I guess when I was growing up in Blackburn, for example, I felt really confident. Is anyone from Blackburn here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, gang. Oh, my gosh. We're here together. Wow. Um, <laughs> I never even usually comment because I was like, no one's from Blackburn. You are. Big up. Um, I think when I was growing up in Blackburn, I felt really, really confident around my family. Like, my family, uh, you know, my home was that safe space where I, was, I could express myself freely. But then at school, I wasn't as confident. And then in other spaces, I, I wasn't... I was shy, can you believe it? Um, and why, everyone's why like, were you, no. Why were, you, why were you not as confident at school, do you think? Just a whole plethora of, 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 of things, I guess. Um, I had a stammer in nursery, so I felt like I couldn't express myself verbally. And I guess when you can't get your sentences out with, as someone with a stammer, you um, fixate on certain words or certain sounds. Um, and then before you even finish a sentence, someone's taken the mick out of you. Mm. So that makes you retreat actually and be inhibited yeah. yeah and then you and then you withdraw a little bit or if certain people are touching my hair uninvited in a way that i don't want them to then <laughs> mm, we've all been there um then that makes you feel again conflicted about your hair is it is it weird is it this foreign thing that isn't light or isn't beautiful um, whereas at home i always felt like Free, basically. Yeah, because you've got, you've got seven siblings, is that right? Yeah, I've got five brothers, two sisters. So I am the sixth out of eight. Okay. A fraction, darlings. <laughs> I'm not like the oldest, I'm not the youngest, not the middle. I'm literally the fraction. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just loved it. Like, loved being part of that vibrant madhouse. How would your... Are you the most outgoing sibling, actually? Good to know. Is there, is, there a more, is there a bigger shot of serotonin in your family? Yeah, my big brother, Chuka. Okay. He's like the social light. I'm like the female version <laughs> of Chuka. Okay. Yeah. How would your siblings describe you if, I, if they were Ooh. on this stage? I think they'd, um, they'd say she's a party girl. <laughs> she's really social, um, but really driven. They'd say I'm really hardworking and driven as well. Okay, and they'd all be positive about you, would they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do you know what? So funny. Someone asked me earlier, do you have a favourite sibling? Now, I don't know about you, but I think I have. But at different times, though. At different times, do you know what I mean? I think the beauty of being from a big family is that you don't need to like 
the same person every single day because you've got someone to bitch to about that person the next day and then by the time tomorrow reaches you're friends with them again and now it's like actually you're doing my editing now so um it's really good as a result we all we all get on in a really amazing dysfunctional way yeah you've got someone for every day of the week yeah and just go, go back around again just on rotation <laughs> So you have a great passion for self-care and physical mental well-being. I'm interested in terms of how that plays out in your everyday life. Oh, every single day. Like, say, for example, my alarm clock is music. I don't think, like, a loud like buzz is a positive way to start the day um so i like to like wake up to music i like to have a little workout um i always like to check in with like friends and family um i, I just love connecting with people i think that always makes me personally feel uplifted and upbeat and i guess in times of um what felt like, at least what felt like a crisis at the time, in those moments, I've definitely lent on, on physical well-being. It always gives me that boost and makes me feel empowered. So that, you know, yeah, I, I've always been a strong believer that you can't control everything, right? But you can kind of control yourself and you can make yourself feel better and you can tell your body what to do. And I've always found that quite empowering um, at times when I felt like I've lost control. Because you have said, and this is a, qu a direct quote. Oh, what did I say? I run for fun. <laughs> um, this is something I read and I was like, oh, I oh. must ask you about that. Because how do you get there? How do you get there that you say that you run for fun? Because you are a qualified personal trainer and you have run the London Marathon. So how did you get to that point? Is that natural, you know, talent for that type of exercise? Or is that hard work and determination? I think it's, um, it's like a combination. I think, you know, when you train for a marathon, for example, you... you Commit. It's the commitment, basically. I like committing to things. I like waking up, saying that I'm going to do something, and then that sense of achievement when you actually do it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't need to be for miles and miles. You don't actually have to get up and run an actual marathon. But if I wake up and, like, even have a brisk walk around the park, I'll say that I've ran even though it's been a walk. And I'm like, I love it, I loved that. Um, whilst listening to a podcast or music, I think that's really uplifting. And especially if you do it outdoors, then, you know, you can peek on, you know, the boys that you fancy in the local area. <laughs> that's what makes it fun. <laughs> so are those your tips on, like, you know, getting yourself out of bed and into a positive vibe, like music, exercise, just getting in that mindset? Yeah, just, just try and get up and go. But believe it or not, I'm really, really, really not a morning person. Okay, so like that, everyone was, that was a question. expects me to just bounce out of bed. But actually, I'm more of a night owl. Okay, so how does that work then, hosting the big breakfast? I know. <laughs> It was very hard. <laughs> but, I mean, the most amazing thing about the Big Breakfast is it incorporates a lot of the things that I truly love. I love meeting people. And that show was just jam-packed with the most amazing team. I got to work with Mark Gilligan, who's now a really, really good friend of mine. Um, so who doesn't like to wake up and, like, spend the morning with their mate? And then... 
it incorporated a second passion of mine, which is music. And we had the most amazing like music guests on the show. And yeah, I just honestly, I just had to just get over that alarm clock. <laughs> you just had to, yeah, power through. So how have the late nights been kind of coexisting with that? Is it being good, getting into bed with a mint, a mint tea and a book? Or, or, you know, you've got to go home by three? Like, what's, what's the deal? I would love to say <laughs> that I went to bed on time every single night, but I didn't. I, you know, I like, I feel like I come alive in the evening, which is very, you know, it's something that I'm constantly trying to like figure out how to relax, how to unwind, how to come down in the evening. Um, but the big breakfast, luckily, was just for the summer. <laughs> yeah. And so I felt like, oh, I'm just going to burn the candle at both ends for a month. It'll be fine. And it was fine. Yeah. Um, what things in life bring you joy? Tell us everything. Everything that brings you joy. Ah, oh, just so many things. Good food, um, good music, but most of all, like, just good people. Like, even just being here and seeing everyone's smiling, gorgeous faces, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is, is just so joyful. What an amazing atmosphere that we've all created together. Like, it's, it's positive, it's uplifting, and um, it's, it's a lesson, actually, that how uh, just one smile, or one positive interaction each day can really boost your own personal mental health and well-being. Yeah, totally. I mean, yesterday evening we were talking to self-esteem and as part of the chat, my colleague Helen turned to the audience and asked everyone to kind of shout out something that they loved about themselves, right? Yeah. There was never a more awkward moment. <laughs> and everyone was like, mm, I don't know. Um, <laughs> which I think is something we find challenging, right? Yeah. Um, what do you love about yourself? I personally love the way that I make people feel. I really hope that I make people feel good and uplifted and, and empowered in some way. And... I think that is amazing. It does make me feel amazing. And I think, what, yeah, what a great thing. <laughs> That's what I love about myself. I love my ability to just be open with, with everyone from every walk of life. It's nice. It's a good skill. Um, and on the flip side, what's the one thing that you are actively seeking to improve about yourself? <laughs> um... I'm quite stubborn sometimes, um, and I guess that's, that's frustrating sometimes because especially, you know, in like relationships, for example, I am the sort of person, I don't like to uh, get hurt, so I will be... I'll close the door before it's even fully open sometimes. Okay. And I'm trying to let people in. Open yourself up. Let them in. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk fashion and beauty. Mm -hmm. I'd like you to summarise your style in three words. I think my style is bright, <laughs> um, sometimes glamorous, and uh, quite diverse. I, I dress how I feel okay. that, that day right. or that night. It's a great choice today. Thank you. Um, I've got a running trainer on as well. <laughs> very comfortable. Very, very comfortable. I've forgotten how to walk in heels, though. 
Have you? A little bit. I mean, pandemic was all a bit slippery, wasn't it? Yeah. So A bit socky for me as well. <laughs> Barefoot. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit, those socks with the sticky things on the bottom <laughs> that, you know, it was all a bit like that. So, yeah, coming out of that and, and trying to, you know, remember what it's like. But um, you said that you didn't know how to pose before in um, trainers. So do you yeah. wear a lot of heels? I wear heels pretty much like 90% of the time, which is why my toes are like in a triangular <laughs> shape. They're so gross. But today I was like, right, taking a photo. And then I was like, oh, how do I... What do, I, what do I do with my feet? How do I point them in a trainer? Um, so yeah, I, I, I tend to feel more confident in a heel. Um, but yeah, like whatever, whatever you feel on that day. I mean, what's, what's the journey been like working out how you want to present yourself on TV while at the same time remaining authentically yourself? Because you have said before, your individuality is the best thing you have. So how are you harnessing that in your kind of professional capacity? Well, I'm trying to remind myself of that every day. And, you know, one of the... I say this mantra to myself whenever I feel a little bit insecure. I say, I am brave enough to be me and I know that sounds like so cliche and a little bit cheesy but I do, I do feel in this time where we have so many references of how to be, um, what to think, how to dress like, you know, who to roll with, everything. I think it's really important that you always come back to yourself and realize that like you are your own USP. Yeah. Um, that has taken a lot to be confident in. I feel like, you know, say for example, in my career on screen, for example, um, there's definitely been moments where I've been told to um, tone down my accent, not be so energetic, blah, blah, blah. And um, I, I, I was always conflicted in that. I always felt like that was um, going against me. So, in a way, that's where my stubbornness and hard-headedness has been quite beneficial. It's that I find it difficult to, to change who I am. But that being said, appearance-wise, I definitely felt like I had to have a signature look, a signature style to begin with. I didn't feel like I could be as diverse as I wanted to be. Okay. Because I definitely had instances where people have mistaken me for another black female presenter based on, I mean, very little other than the colour of our skin, really. Yeah. Um, but that made me paranoid and made me feel like, like I need to change a little bit. Like you thought you had to wear bit. your hair the same or like, what, how, yeah. how, how did it change how you presented yourself? It, that, that um, meant, yeah, it made me feel like I had to, you know, just do sleek hair, centre parting. That's the way that people are going to recognise me. And if I digress from that, no one's going to be able to tell that it's me, mm. basically. Um, and are you comfortable with that now? Are you, like, confident that you don't care if people recognise you? or Yeah, you know? I'm a lot more confident with that now. I feel like I'm just, I'm just trying to own my space more. And I just think, gosh, if you, if you can't get to know someone based on them, the person, and, you know, if they change the colour of their hair or the style of their hair, and then all of a sudden you forget who they are, then that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> totally is. 
Also, your accent is a marvelous, marvelous thing. Why would anyone tell you to dampen that down? Well, what's interesting is that I feel like my accent's definitely more celebrated now, but I've been in London for 14 years, and let me tell you, when I first moved from Blackburn 14 years ago, this was not the accent to have. It was really not. <laughs> like, the, no, one, no one took me seriously. I felt like, you know, if ever you said anything of, uh, uh, of value or felt like it was articulate in any way or intelligent, people would be surprised. Everyone just thinks you're stupid. Mm. Um, you know, there was a real class issue as well, I felt. Um, and, yeah, there, there was a whole series of, of issues with it. Um, to begin with, and uh, to the point where people in television was telling me, you'd do so much better if you, if you toned that down. <laughs> Which is so sad, really, because, you know, I'm proud of myself that I, I managed to, like, stick with, but I definitely know people who've, who've definitely toned down their accents or completely washed it away based on that advice. Did you ever feel, did you ever do it? Did you ever tone it down? No, but I remember speaking to my mum, who's Nigerian, who's been in the UK longer than she's been in Nigeria. And let me tell you, she sounds Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you can't change your voice. Like, that's like the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, but again, she, she felt the same, you know? She felt like, with such a strong Nigerian accent, people don't take us seriously in job interviews, in, in parents' evenings, other parents don't take us seriously. Everyone just thought she was this stupid foreigner who was trying to scrounge off people, and that mm. is obviously not the person that she is. And um, I think through my mother, I've really um, learned how to um, harness my sense of self, I guess. I'd love it if your mum was here, because we, we saw a lot of shots of her looking mega proud on Strictly, and she would have been her own celebrity in the room, I feel. <laughs> she would have been. But weirdly, she's, she's quite shy. <laughs> so I didn't write her down today, because she's in London. Now I took her to Strictly Come Dancing. I don't know if anyone's watching it this year, but I'm supporting my girl, Fleur East. And um, I, I took her to the show last night, and so she's with me dad, just pottering around London. <laughs> And I said, oh, you should come. And she was like, oh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't possibly come. Next time. Next time. I want to hear. <laughs> um, you've been working on the big blowout on Channel 4 where hair is used as a tool of expression. Do you enjoy expressing yourself through your hair? I know we just touched on it. And have you learned any interesting lessons working on that show? Oh, my gosh. I loved working on the big blowout. Don't know if anyone's watched it, but it's a competition format, right? Um, where... Uh, a bunch of amazing, talented hairstylists come together, go head-to-head -to -head, uh, with a series of challenges, and they're put in front of judges, Lisa Farrell and the legendary Sam McKnight. And I had the honour of working on that show, and I blooming <laughs> loved it. Um, I use it on a personal level um, as an excuse to just change my hair every week. And... Um, 
I guess what I learned about that is that none of us should be afraid to express ourselves. And I know that, you know, like, especially if you've got a job, right, and um, you want to be taken seriously in your professional spaces, I feel personally like it's... But, I mean, but obviously don't quote me because I don't want anyone getting the sack. <laughs> no one film this bit. Turn no your phones off. But I also just feel like it's up, to, it's up to your boss, like, to accept the individual. I definitely only want to be working with people who can embrace a diverse range of voices, people, looks, styles, religions, everything. Um, and I loved the sense of self-expression on that show, what, it, what her means to people um, and how experimental we should all be each and every day. And off the back of it, do you experiment more? Like, what's the boldest look that you have kind of gone with? Well, there's this one episode where I had a green mullet and my mum was like, I hate that hair. And I was like, but it's just for today. And I kind of just loved it. It was like this really cool wig. It was kind of like, yeah, I just felt like at the time I was like living out my emo fantasy. <laughs> I felt like Avril Lavigne and Billie Eilish were like shaking. Um, I just, I loved it. I loved being really playful. Well, you've been on some great fun shows, to be honest. You were recently a guest judge on Drag Race. So we'd like to know, did you learn anything from the Queens? Ah! Drag race, I got to go on Snatch Game. Can you come up? It was amazing. And what I love about drag queens, and particularly the ones that I were just, you know, honored to be in the presence of, is that I, can, I, I witnessed a bunch of amazing drag queens who were all pushing themselves, who were all stepping outside of their comfort zones, you know, if anyone watches uh, Drag Race, you know that Snatch Game is that turning point in the series where it can either like make or break them. The comedy queens feel pressure to be funny and uh, the ones who aren't as confident in that space feel, feel the pressure to, to rise to the occasion. And what I just love is that actually the message that I got from that is they're just trying. These are a bunch of people who are just trying to be bold and to be brave and that we should also take from that each and every day in everything that we do. Mm. Sounds like a lot of fun. So <laughs> much fun. I mean, also just like massive heels, Did your a mom, massive wig. Did your mum go down there? No. 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 She Did, needs to be getting out and meeting the people that you are. <laughs> no, she didn't do it. She literally is like, I'll come out for strip the comparison. <laughs> and that's it. But that's it. Um, let's talk interiors. You are a maximalist. Am Would I right in saying that? Yeah. I don't know. More is more, innit? Yeah, I was going to say, is more always more? And what in your home brings you the most joy? Oh, uh, I do think more is more. But at the same time, it's down to the individual, isn't it? You know, I definitely think, like, for some of my friends and own family, they're like, this is hell. <laughs> Why do you live like this? Because I'm like, this is the most joyous space ever. I've got loads of plants. I've got a bright orange carpet. I've got like a huge like orange settee. I just blooming love it. Um, <laughs> I think what makes me feel the most joyous in my home though, is I've got this like 
gallery wall. So like lots of black and white photos that I printed um, from my phone and they evoke such like happy memories. And, uh, you know, every time someone new comes round, they're like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? And yeah, it, it, it helps you relive like a really happy time in your life. And that's nice. Yeah, and I, I love that about my space. And the orange carpet could go so wrong for so many of us if we actually went there. So can you tell us um, what you've learned about kind of injecting colour and making colour work together? I think just pick your favourite colours. Like, <laughs> literally. I think definitely look into your wardrobe and see that as your interior style. If you are a person who opens your wardrobe and it's all monochrome, it's all black, white, greys and beautiful beiges, then you are probably not going to love a bright orange carpet. It's going to give you a headache. But if you're the sort of person who, like me, you open up your wardrobe, it's yellow, it's orange, it's got blues, it's got lots of patterns and sequins in it, then actually painting your wall, like my walls are the biggest mistake I was gonna, that was my next question. What is the biggest mistake you've made in renovating your place? Painting my whole house white. Like, why did I do that? But I guess, like, I've injected loads of colour through, like, soft furnishings, the settee, bed sheets, And I think I learned that from just, you know, like, renting for years and years in London when you have no flexibility whatsoever <laughs> with most landlords. You can't even put a shelf on the wall or, like, a picture frame up. So I just think, like, your accessories, your lamp, your rugs, your bed your bedding, mm -hmm. um, your mugs and your plates, things like that, like use that to inject your sense of style and your colour um, into your home. Just and it will make you feel better, yeah. Um, got a couple more questions. It's pinging red at me, but I'm going to continue <sighs> because you're just a joyous person. Thank you. Um, couple more questions. You said that you're loving your 30s so, so much so far. What is it that excites you about being in your 30s? Just my growing confidence. <laughs> I love it. I just feel like, oh, like I wish I'd have grasped this um, sense of self like a lot earlier because there's so much that we hate about ourselves for so long. That, well, I certainly did. Like whether it's the way that I talk, the way that I look, just everything. Like it's just it's so self-loathing for so long. And then actually in my 30s I'm just really counting the blessings that I have and also I think in my 20s there's this real sense of striving and I think you know it's a human condition that we always want to be on to the next on to the next best thing when really I'm trying to sit in a space where I go wow like Look at all of your amazing family and your friends and the people around you and all of the amazing conversations that you can have like day to day. I feel healthy and able and that is not something that everyone around the world is granted. Yeah. And I'm, I just want to sit in that yeah. for throughout my 30s and beyond. That's a great reminder for all of us, I think. Um, and finally, what do you hope the next next 12 months hopes for you? We've got, if oh. anyone's not seen it, we've got um, a wishing wall over down down there around by the side of the catwalk. So if you've not gone there, we, we want to basically know what everybody wants for themselves in the next 12 months. So do go fill it in before you go home today. But um, oh. I ask that question to you to close our chat. 
much more happiness. That's it. I just don't think you can have enough joy in your life. Um, I wish everyone good health, prosperity, good vibes, and... That, that's what I want for me as well. So that's what I want the next 12 months to look like. Thank you. Well, thank you for bringing the good vibes to Stylist Live. Everybody, AJ Doodoo. Thank you. Well, I'm certainly smiling a lot more now than I was half an hour ago. What an energy AJ has. It's remarkable. I really do hope that you enjoyed AJ's session as much as we did on the day. If you want to continue the conversation, visit stylist.co.uk or follow us at Stylist Magazine on social and share your thoughts. Don't forget, you can also subscribe to this series of Stylist Live Sessions to hear more of our inspiring live talks from the likes of author Bernadine Evaristo, Fern Cotton, presenter Alex Jones, comedian Adam Kay, and many, many more. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>